Welcome to the world of basketball. I am your host, Coach Drew. This is Ball Court. And yes, you can tell by my Iverson braids. We're not talking about practice. Not a game. Practice. Right here on Ball Court. Welcome, welcome to Ball Court. I am your host, Coach Drew. This is the world of basketball. And I know the world of basketball has been moving quickly. It seems like it's just been a few weeks ago that we've crowned the last NBA champion. And now we're in a hurried pace, a fevered pace to start up the next season. So, of course, offseason is going to start. You know how offseason goes in the NBA and basketball. There's a lot of talk. There's a lot of men I want out of here. But there's one person, there's one team that I am absolutely shocked about that I'm hearing news that is about to disband. Yes. You heard that, uh, you know, you heard that Houston decided to make some changes. Mike D'Antoni's gone. They lost their general manager. So things are moving in a different direction now. Now, that different direction has some of their stars a little bit scared. Yup, you heard it here. Brody and the beard may be a one-and-done experiment. Yes, it worked in Oklahoma for a little bit. It worked in Houston for a year. I don't know. I don't know. Let me tell you. Let me break it down right now. First off, you know, both Harden and Russell Westbrook is both unhappy with the direction that the team is going at this moment. See, Harden, he's unhappy, but he's still excited, as he stated, for the next coming year. He's locked in for the season coming up. So he's still saying, hey, I'm willing to ride with uh, Houston. I'm willing to go to full distance. Now, on the back end, if they do decide to blow it up, there is certain teams that he would love to be traded to, you know, such as like um, Miami Heat, the Knicks, you know, places like that who we may have some interest in going. But there, the Beard, he wants to stay. It's Brody. It's Brody. Brody's like, man, I'm out of here. I don't like the culture. I don't like the feel here. It's like he doesn't like the direction they're going. Brody has decided that he needs to move on. I'm a little shocked about this. He left He left Oklahoma City thinking that he's going to start something brand new. He didn't like what was going on over there. But let's take a look at how he played over here. Now, his points per game considerably has gone up. He has five points per game, a little bit more. Now averaging around the area of the 27 points per game. He looks a lot better, even though his... Uh, Rebounding numbers has dropped because uh, he had that beautiful year. He was going 11.9 rebounds per game. Now he's dropped to seven and change. That that looks a little different, but he said he wants to be a leader like how he was in OKC and, you know, how the team rallied behind him like how he had in OKC. It leads me to believe that, man, why did you leave OKC? It took you a year, a year of having great points and being, you know, Russell Westbrook and having that Brody and the beard going, you know, dancing on the bench. Remember all of this? <sighs> yeah, all of that was going on, you and uh, James Harden. But now you're looking at it like, hey, it's time that I want to get out of here. I'm going to tell you this right here. You'll never find a home chasing what you think that you're missing. Hands down, what you had in OKC was a dedicated fan base. You had people around you that loved you, that will do anything to build a team around you, especially after what happened with Kevin Durant. The simple fact that you stayed 
made everybody feel like, man, he's going to be here for the long run. I know things were getting a little rocky. I know there was a younger team. But as you can clearly see, that if you put the right veteran in place, even with a young team, you could push them towards the playoffs. You know, Chris Paul. But I, I, and I feel that he's looking to go back to OKC. Here's, here's what my suggestion is. Believe it. I think they should trade Chris Paul to the Houston Rockets. You know, with Chris Paul and the two round, uh, two second round draft picks. And should go over to the Houston Rockets for um, my guy, Russell Westbrook. I I think that Chris Paul will be a phenomenal team with James Harden. They should try that experiment out. I don't know. It may work. Because guess what? Chris Paul is also looking to be on the move as well. So guess who is interested right now in your boy Brody? Of course, you know, certain people who are interested, you know, the basics, of course, the Knicks, because they were willing to take anybody. If you throw your name out there, they're looking, they're interested. But my thing is, here's where I feel he should land. And this is in all seriousness now, because I was just joking about the whole Chris Paul trade. But in all seriousness, I do feel that Russ will be best fitted in OKC with that young core and that explosive team. With Chris Paul looking to go on to the move, I find one of the best places to, uh, for him to land will be in L.A., not in the Clippers locker room, but to be in L.A. in the Lakers locker room. I feel that, you know, we can clearly see that intelligent basketball and high-level, high-IQ basketball is something that the Lakers actually hold dear. The reason I say this is because breaking news, yes, the Lakers are chasing down DeMar DeRozan. This, during this time of year, anything goes. So with all of that that's taking place, with them chasing down DeMar DeRozan and with Rajon Rondo possibly out the door because his contract's up, I think you get a veteran in Chris Paul, you know, tighten that, tighten that up. Let's go for the run for number 18 and over with Los Angeles. Now, if DeMar DeRozan does go over to the Lakers, that means that trade will sacrifice Kyle Kuzma. Are we ready to lose Kyle Kuzma? Uh, I felt the same way about Lonzo when he was going. I really didn't want him to go. But after he left, I found out it was best for the Lakers and it was also best for Lonzo. Maybe they may be the out that he needs. I don't know. Maybe Russ needs to be back in L.A. playing with the Clippers also. Having that great L.A. feel and going back home may be the thing that he needs. Give him a little home cooking. But I could be wrong. OKC could be his home. We don't know. We will find out in the weeks to come. And I say weeks to come, meaning within those two weeks to come, because this is moving at a rapid pace. There are things happening as we speak. I'm telling you, Woj probably doesn't even get any sleep right now. This is absolutely amazing. I want to jump on to the next topic. Yes, Milwaukee Bucks. I want to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks because the Milwaukee Bucks, they've been probably part of my headlines for uh, ball court consistently over the last little bit. You know, they were the ones who took that stand that, you know, was about to shut down the bubble and stop play and stop the play, not only in basketball, but then by making that motion and started a chain reaction in sports all over where people were stopping play until things were making changes. The changes that they were asking for was from the Milwaukee Police Department who had shot Jacob Blake in the back. 
due to the fact that he was actually breaking up a uh, domestic uh, disturbance that was actually taking place and not a threat to the disturbance. He was actually trying to uh, mitigate the disturbance. He was ended up getting shot in the back by the police officer. We all know the story. But here's the reason why the Bucks are actually in the news right now. See, the Bucks, Sterling Brown, he agreed to a $750,000 settlement with the city of Milwaukee. Why, you ask? Okay, let me go ahead and explain. If Just in case you are unaware, yes, two years ago, with him coming out of a... Um, uh, I I believe it I believe it was out of a uh, supermarket I believe or it was out of a store they had actually engaged him in a parking lot and and he wasn't pulling out his hands out of his pockets fast enough and he was actually tased by the police department they made fun of him talking when he was discussing that he was going to be making a civil complaint and initially the the city of Milwaukee was trying to actually get away with a four hundred thousand dollar settlement. Now, this $750,000 settlement does not own, just not include just the money. And what it also includes is that the Milwaukee Police Department will admit to wrongdoing and they will actually install new changes that will take place to resolve this from happening. With this story that takes place, I am glad Sterling Brown uh, was able to go ahead and receive his funds. But these changes that need to take place, obviously, as with this uh, with this settlement that is taking place, putting it into words that these are the changes that need to make place in that department. I'm saying I feel like it's falling on deaf ears. I feel like these statements are being made in vain because during the time that they were actually working on this settlement to uh, to resolve this issue, Jacob Blake was being shot in the back. During the time that they were working to resolve this, this, this issue, the Milwaukee team had to stop play to get anyone to stand up and listen. These are the issues that we're having. Is There's a lot of statements being made that there's changes that's going to take place, but with no changes happening. Sterling Brown even states that it's not about the money, it's about the changes. He is a voice for those who are not NBA players, who are not multi-million dollar athletes. If you do not have that voice to speak up, they will fall between the cracks. There is many, there is many, for every Sterling Brown, you have to think about it. For every Sterling Brown out there that is actually hearing their voice of what is going on, there's a Jacob Blake where you can't hear his voice. You don't have an understanding of what took place. Even though Jacob Blake was, did not die, he was, uh, there, there are most that you will, they are silent because of their placement in society. So when we take a look at Sterling Brown's case and when he speaks of that Milwaukee has to do better, this is something that we have to hold accountable, not just to the Milwaukee Police Department, but to every police department and every public official throughout our great country. And that's the only way change will, be, will take place is with accountability. So congrats to Sterling Brown. I'm glad that she was able to get a settlement, and I'm glad that settlement did did include some real institutionalized change. All right, all right. Before I get before I jump into that next story, because I know I'm I'm pumping through these right now, because I'm super excited, and I'm super excited because NBA is coming back. There's going to be some more basketball. I'm talking it's going to hit back right around the time that fever 
FIBA is coming through with their uh, second window. So this is this is some awesome time that we're living in right now. Basketball is on the return. I'm smiling. We're all having fun. You know what? I'm gonna grab a I'm gonna grab a glass of water. I'm gonna take a little break. I'm gonna come right back. Stick with me right here on Ball Court. I'm your host, Coach Drew. To the ball court, I am your host, Coach Drew. This is the world of basketball. And of course, before I jump into the world of basketball and what's going on across the pond, I want to definitely talk about something that's happening right here. Yes, another one and done situation. This was a situation that I saw just high hopes for. I was like, I'm sitting around thinking, oh man, a couple of years from now, he's going to take over the helm. He's going to be the one at the top. But Tim Duncan is stepping down as the Spurs assistant. Yes, 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 you heard correct. Tim Duncan will no longer be on the sidelines with Greg Popovich and the Spurs going into the next season. Now, I 
I understand that he did make a huge impact on the team being there, especially during the time that uh, Greg Popovich's absence from the team. Now, during that time, we all thought that definitely Becky Hammond was going to be the one leading that team and speaking on that behalf. But it worked out that it was Tim Duncan. Now, they, it caused a little bit of a controversy during that time. A lot, a lot of people was uh, rubbed the wrong way because Becky Hammond not only just led the team to uh, um, a championship in, during the summer league, but she did it repeatedly. So she had the experience. She was uh, second on the bench for that whole time. And then, you know, uh, Tim Duncan came along. And when Tim Duncan came along, not being second on the bench, he was still actually put in charge to go ahead and lead the team during the absence of um, Greg Popovich. Now, I understand clearly, Tim, who else knows Greg Popovich's formula but Tim Duncan? Who could actually explain it better than Tim Duncan? Actually, there's only one other person who could, but he wasn't available coaching at the time, and that's Avery Johnson. So I definitely have to say that, um, you know, that was a good move at that time. I think Tim Duncan's going to be sorely missed because right now, especially in the transition time of the Spurs where they don't have, like, a solid uh, inside-outside game, Tim Duncan, I felt that he could be very useful within the organization of teaching those big men. Now, it's not saying that he's going to be away from the team completely. He still, may, he still may maintain the role that he had before coming on as an assistant coach with helping the uh, bigs that's coming up through the program, that helping them fall in line, you know, the Spurs way, each one teach one, move them along. But as we can clearly see, things have been changed. You, uh, the person that we thought was going to come up and take the helm for the Spurs and Kawhi Leonard has moved on a couple times since then, you know, uh, to Toronto and now to L.A. And, you know, with Tony Parker no longer being there and the familiar faces that we once saw with the Spurs that are now gone or we saw sitting on the sideline during last season, it's kind of they're not the same Spurs team. So. Maybe that's a good reason that uh, Tim walks away at this time because it's not the same team that he once saw. It's a lot different of a team and a lot different of a feel. So I could understand where he's coming from on this one. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into the world of basketball. Yes, the world of basketball. Now, right now, Panama, they're in harmony. They're doing their thing. They're playing very well. And they're looking to gear up to face Brazil in, the, uh, in FIBA basketball right now. So... With, with FIBA launching and it's going hard, FIBA Asia Cup is looking at uh, going into their into their uh, second window. With that with that Panama team, I'm a little bit concerned. Is is this team going to be the team that we could uh, look at down the road and say, hey, this is definitely a squad that um, that can run Brazil. Brazil is a very quick squad, very uh, talented squad. If you if you do remember the uh, former years of uh, people like Nene who attacks the rim, that's what they're used to. They're used to that more athletic style of play, a quick style of play. Panama is is a very gritty team, a very, as a matter of fact, they're a very controlled team. And you haven't seen a Panama team play like this since the since the days of a uh, former Arkansas coach that was coaching them. Oh, the one with the 60-second offense. I, I mean the I mean sixty minutes of hell defense. It was absolutely is absolutely phenomenal the way that they had the way that they played it during that time. Um, now 
this is this guy this is the kind of quality team that you're looking for from Panama. Right now they don't have that level where they're, you know, they're held to skelter or they're running out there, but they have the highest hopes that we've seen in a team from this decade. So right now I'm I'm not fully sold on Panama yet. I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. They're playing very well, they're playing great basketball. They did take a lot of couple a lot of good wins. But Brazil is a formidable opponent. And it's not going to be an easy run through with them. So if they don't, if they get past Brazil, they then have Uruguay to face in order to go ahead and make sure that they are in line with the qualifier for the FIBA Cup. So I'm looking, I'm look, I'm looking forward to that. I'm hoping that does work out in that favor. You know, okay. So I want to go ahead and jump into another topic right here. Is uh, I want to talk about serious head coach Joe Salerno. Joe Salerno is he's right now confident that the new that the new look Syrian team is 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 gonna be is gonna be what what it needs to be for the FIBA for FIBA Asia. This Syria team is supposed to be according to him, it's supposed to be a lot faster of a team, a lot bigger, stronger of a team. So this is now going to be a type of team that's going to be able to space the floor and attack on every level and grab rebounds based off of how he feels about this particular Syria team. I myself, from what I've seen, they look great on paper. They're an absolutely phenomenal team on paper. But it's in the matchups is, that is something that concerns me. FIBA Asia, even though uh, Korea has dropped out, there are a lot of different squads that's going to be in there that is going to be a diff difficult opponent, such as Jordan. Jordan is going to probably be one of the uh, toughest opponents for a Syria team like this. Now, even though that they are a lot, a lot faster, a lot bigger than they were in the past, I don't think they have what it takes to be as physical of a team that uh, Syria needs to be to get past get past Jordan or to get past most of the teams in the FIBA Asia. I think that they're going to be a very scrappy team. I think that this team is probably going to put it up some points. They're going to upset your favorite, possibly. They may cause an upset or two, but I don't see them making it to the, uh, to the gold medal games. I see them, I see them barely making it through the qualifiers. It's going to be a tough fight. I, I think they can pick up two in this next window, probably probably one or two, but we would have to see. Because right now, if you are following the news, a lot of things are actually preparing to possibly go on hold. So this is a uh, this is something that we have to see if it does work out. Um, the culture of Syria and and a couple other teams like the Lebanon team and the Jordan team are concerned that they're not actually going to have enough games to play prior to um, uh, prior to qualifying and making it in there to to see if they can actually make it in that window with that certain amount of games with games being canceled due to COVID-19. So it is in a wait and see mode right now and a lot of people got their fingers crossed and they are a little bit nervous, but what can we do? And this time we're just trying to see, we, we get some great basketball we're hoping that everybody stays well and stays fighting and everything works out in a positive manner. Okay, here goes a word from the coach. Here, here it is. My word from your coach today. 
I'm gonna break it down. This word goes out to Russell Westbrook. First off, I want to tell him happy birthday. Yes, Russ, Russ, happy birthday. I know that you are getting older. So with, within getting older, you are getting wiser. I remember there was a time that Russell Westbrook could have looked back and see Kevin Durant's departure from OKC as something that was problematic, even though we could see that it was clearly it was the uh, best for him. Now, it wasn't the fact that he left. Some people will argue that it was how he left that probably had Russ mad. But when you stop and you think about this current situation that you are in, you left OKC for greener pastures. You left for hopefully uh, a better life, something, something more. And yes, it was a difficult year. This was a, this was an unexpected year for everyone. This was something that that if we had to look at it, it was it it was a hard year for everyone. But this is the bed that you made. As a leader, you have to sit there and say, hold on, I'm going to take the good with the bad. Now, I can understand if within a situation, everything has been exhausted and there is no other way or other option to look at it. Yes, you're definitely going to want out. But when you want out, leave out with class. Do not let the media tell others what only the owner should know. If you want out, don't make it seem like this. I say leave Leave with the dignity that you came in with. Everybody was amped about you coming in, and they loved the type of player that you were. Even in OKC, you left there. There was no bad blood. They weren't burning your jerseys. They didn't hate you. They understood that you had to move on to make something better. Now, Houston, here's the problem that I have with Houston. There's got to be something going on in that culture over there. There's got to be something that's taking place within that system that is driving point guards away. You have somebody who's probably one of the most elite point guards in Chris Paul. He clearly showed that by taking a uh, depleted version of the team that Russell Westbrook gave up. And he was able to be phenomenal in the playoffs to the point where you had to question, was that Russell Westbrook trade a beneficial trade for Houston? And how did it work out? He, like Russell showed that he could be a leader above and beyond. Russell Westbrook showed that he can follow James Harden. At, the same, at a certain point, you have to realize a leader is needed. And every team needs a leader, even the Indiana Pacers. And, I, and just in case you were wondering, just thinking that he was going to get away, nope, I'm going to go ahead and say Victor Oladipo, from what I'm hearing in the news, is that Victor Oladipo has actually been talking to different players. I'm the, you know, saying on the Knicks, on the Heat, uh, saying, hey, I could play with you. I, I, you know, saying, wouldn't y'all like me to play with y'all? This and this, shopping himself around, even though, I'm, and, and this is dead in front of his Pacer teammates. This is what I'm talking about. I can understand that you're not happy within your current situation, but you, you don't have to make everyone know that you are not happy you are older now you are wiser you have to make you have to make steps to show that people are going to invest in you there is no reason for someone to say i can give you a contract and the minute that you're unhappy with the teammates that you have or in the direction that the team is going you're saying that i'm willing to break this contract publicly i'm not saying that you do not have to do that privately but it is on a public level where this is taking place. 
where you have pundits like myself and talking heads like myself discussing this in length and saying, how is that going to be better? The reason why we discuss this and I'm talking about this is because this trickles down. This trickles down to the grassroots organizations, to the AAU organizations who feel the same way. That level of commitment to a team and what you are doing is not there anymore. I've seen kids leave programs that was actually working for them, that was beneficial for them, that was developing them. And they would leave programs because they were upset that someone got a starting position over them or someone's getting more playing time or they're just unhappy with the vibe of the situation. I could clearly see that sometimes you have to deal with unhappiness in order to get to the level of happiness that you're looking for. I could be wrong. I could just be an old coach just speaking from levels of optimism. But I believe that if you stick through what you got to go through, it will definitely make you a stronger person, a stronger player, and, and a much stronger teammate. See, these levels of pain that, that Russell Westbrook is establishing or Victor Oladipo is feeling with being on the scene, trust me, and that feeling of pain will flip to the ultimate feeling of pleasure once your goal is accomplished. I understand it. And yeah, the Pacers needs work. They need somebody in that front office to make changes. They do not need their star shopping himself around in the middle of games. That's not going to make them better. That's not going to make your teammates better. That's not going to make you better as a teammate. And that's not going to actually put you into a reliable situation. Neither is going out saying that you're no longer happy after one year. This is not the year to do that. This was a very short year, a very difficult year. Now, if you see that there is changes made, go about it like Harden's looking at it. He's saying, hey, if y'all going to blow this up, if y'all going to get rid of everything and start over from scratch, Send me off. Let me go somewhere else. But if we're going to do this and we're going to put our all into it, hey, I want to be here. That's the way to go about it. I understand that James Harden is not happy either. But Russ, you got to understand, we made our bed. Let's lie in it. That was just a word from the coach. I want to thank everybody for listening. You know, I want to thank CWN Sports for giving me this platform to speak to you and be show up in your homes definitely go to the cwnsports.com. You can check out, you can check out um, also at radio.com as well. You can check out our podcast there, Ball Court, Let's Kick It. I'm doing my thing on both. Also, check out some of the articles that we are writing. Yes, we are not just here to speak to you. We want you to read what we got to say too. We are here to give you the voice of the people. And if you're looking for all your fresh and fly fashions, what's coming up, some of the newest episodes of Let's Kick It. You can go to letskickitshoes.com as well. Check us out there. And I also want to give a special shout out to the Sean Harvey Morning Show. I was a guest on there a couple of times. I'm absolutely loving that show. I love what they do. You got to wake up in the morning. They will have you cracking up. Sean, Barbie, uh, Senny, they will have you laughing and rolling. You know what I'm saying? You'll be in the chat room vibing with everybody else. And of course, you got to check out Blitz. Man, Malik, he out there doing his thing. I'm loving what he's doing. It's exciting. It is amazing. Now, if you want to reach out to me, if you want to talk to the coach directly, go to at DrewCoach43 on Instagram, or you can hit me on Facebook. I'm Coach Drew right there on Facebook. You holler out at me. You give me a message. You tell me if you think what I'm talking about is popping. You tell me 
You think what I'm talking about is on your way. Talk to me. I'll talk back to you. Trust me. All right. I will, but I'm glad that each and every one of you are out here. I'm glad we're doing our thing. I will see you next time right here on Ball Court. This is the world of basketball. I'm Coach Drew. Thank you for allowing me into your world, and thank you for coming into mine. Have a great one. This is a CWN Sports Network presentation.